Welcome back, guys, to the Max Out Show, where today I'm joined by Tyler Ransom, star of the 2020 documentary In the Shed, that has received the perfect 5.0 stars from over 100 reviews on Amazon. Struggling with a debilitating kidney illness since he was a little kid, Tyler has learned lessons from mixed martial arts and jazz music to become, as he calls it, chronically positive. So, Tyler, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Max. I'm honored. How are you doing today? Hey, fantastic. And super excited to have you. And so to start with, you know, because most of our listeners will not have heard of you before. Can you take us back to, I think it was age two, when your family first discovered this uh, nephrotic syndrome and, and how it has impacted your life starting from there? Of course. So um, a brief rundown, when I was about 18 months, uh, I, had, I was diagnosed with a kidney illness called nephrotic syndrome. Nephrotic syndrome, basically, my kidney's filtering system, it shuts down automatically. So sometimes when I pee, a bunch of protein comes out. So think of, I pee out all the good stuff and all the bad stuff stays in my body. So, you know, my kidneys just are having a harder time functioning than others. So I've uh, grown up through the years, facing a lot of um, uphill battles, taking a lot of medications, trying to find my way. and. When I was about 13, I picked up the guitar and I was able to find my voice and I've been and I've been using my two passions, music and mixed martial arts to help inspire others and implement change. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely incredible. And, and I think I, I read somewhere you have taking up to 30 pills a day um, at some point when you're younger, right? And so that mm-hmm. must have been a really hard challenge. And I love how you found these two things that it helped you um, really develop this positivity because you you know you're being 18 right now right most most kids that age, like they don't think about like positivity and happiness or also these big struggles in life in that in that deep sense so do you feel like you know struggling with that illness has really sort of helped you sort of fast track that whole process of getting into personal development learning to deal with your mind definitely uh it was like in third grade and i was taking like 18 pills in the morning and i was getting used to writing down everything that i was eating all my activities i think it was at that point where i was like okay so i'm definitely not having a normal childhood and um you know i just learned how to be a lot more self-aware and responsible at a young age and you know thankfully it's taught me a lot of lessons that uh, sort of put me ahead of the game in high school, ahead of the game in college. So I'm thankful for that because I've been able to mature a lot more than my peers. Yeah, I bet. I, th- I think there's something so beautiful in, in, in facing adversity, whether it is sort of forced upon us or whether we choose to engage in difficult things and, and conversations and situations, because like you say, it forced us to really level up and grow up much faster than otherwise we would. So I'm really curious, like was, you know, becoming this chronically positive, was that sort of an active decision that you made at some point? Or was it really something that just happened with time as you learned to sort of deal with this illness? That's an interesting thing because um, it was a little bit of both, if that makes sense. Uh, still, like growing up like a, in elementary school, it was still very difficult for me to accept the adverse change that was going on in my body. And then I think it was about in the beginning of middle school where I finally began to like become comfortable with it and like realize that I can use this to, to spread awareness, you know, it's not my weakness. So I think in the beginning, you know, I was just trying to get used to it, but then 
um, as I became like 13, 14, that's when I was like, okay, this is like a decision that I can make. So I'm going to, I'm going to choose how I look at this. And that's how I sort of snapped into being, you know, chronically positive. Yeah. I love this so much. So you, so you mentioned this interesting thing that like, this is not a weakness. So, so what was sort of this, this new belief that you created for yourself that really helped you, you know, live with it more and, and, and congruence with this whole thing? You know, uh, I spent a lot of time just dealing with like, oh man, I have a kidney illness, like, uh, I'm, I'm weak. This is like, this is going to define me. And I was like, I'm not going to give this the power to define me. I'm going to use this as a tool to educate others. I'm going to use this as a tool to spread awareness for others that have the same illness as me. And I'm going to use this as try and, I'm going to try and, uh, try to make the world a better place, try and spread positivity, you know? Yeah, man, that, that is honestly so beautiful because like you say, you, you have since then used this as a tool, you know, the way you've, you've been connecting with other people, you've inspiring people all over the world, um, whether it's on, on the blog or like through the, the movie or, and, and the book is just incredible. So I love how you look, really like to reframe this first of all and then turn this whole thing around. And, and I think for all of our listeners right now, you know, struggling with COVID, with you know, their own health struggles, with their own things, what were really the big things that you've learned from this that you think people can really take away from this and how they can also learn to reframe this whole situation? You know, the two main things for me, it just right off the bat, I'm still thinking about your question. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going fast. Um, like, uh, it's definitely about perspective and the people you have around you, you know? Um, it's how you choose to look at things and see if you could look at them in a better light. Like, for instance, me with my illness, I was like, in the beginning, I was like very reluctant and I was like, man, this makes me weak. Then I switched it and I was like, I can use this as a tool. I mean, use this to educate others. And then uh, the people you surround yourself with, if I didn't have uh, my supporting family and my supporting friends, I definitely wouldn't be as, um, as outgoing, as accepting as I am towards myself. So you have to make sure you have those two things, you know? Yeah, but I mean, watching your documentaries, it really seems like like friends and, and family just are these really upbeat, positive people that have helped you throughout this this whole process. Um, and, you know, I connected with your dad first, right? You connected with GDP, and that's that's how we sort of got in touch, which was amazing. I could feel that positivity coming from your dad. So, so how have you really, or was it really deliberate decision to bring positive people into your life? Your dad obviously being there, but then also friends, you know, really actively bringing the positive people in there? Yeah, of course. Um, it's sort of just, uh, it's sort of like, uh, I forgot that saying, but it's like the energy you give out attracts like people like-minded, yeah. something like that, along yeah. the lines of that. But, um, you know, I've, I've always been like a generally positive person, I like to believe. So that's brought positive people to me. And um, the listeners that, that don't know, uh, Max is referring to my documentary In the Shed, that's on Amazon Prime, that uh, talks about my kidney illness and, you know, my passion for music and um, how it's led me to this point. Tell me more about this impact of music. You know, we're talking before um, before the start of this this recording that in the beginning of COVID, you start pr practicing really for 10 hours a day. So obviously music is, is a huge, <laughs> huge aspect of your life. So tell me what has brought you into your life? Um, so when I was about 13, you know, I was playing in jazz band for a bit on saxophone. I had a lot of, I had like a huge afro at the time. Yeah. So all my friends would be like, it's Jimi Hendrix. And I was uh, like, yeah. and tell, tell the name of, of your, your group. 
Yeah, oh, Tyler Ransom and the Handsomes. That, that was yeah. the name of my first group, Tyler Ransom and the Handsomes. So um, I was like, who's Jimi Hendrix? So I, <laughs> I went home, I searched up Jimi Hendrix, and there was like a video of him setting his guitar on fire. I was like, I want to do that. I don't want to play saxophone anymore. Yeah, you want to be that uh, cool guy. <laughs> I, I wanted to be the cool guy. And uh, I picked up guitar, and ever since, you know, I've... I made an album when I was 16 with my band, The Handsomes, Tyler Ransom and The Handsomes. I played shows around LA and, um, you know, music's just become a huge passion of mine. And as Max said, you know, when quarantine started, uh, there was a little bit to no change because I already spent a lot of time indoors practicing guitar. But um, I, was, I was spending about 10 hours a day practicing in the beginning of quarantine because I was like, I have all this time on my hands. I don't want to waste it. <laughs> 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 and that honestly is something that I find over and over again on the show for listeners, right? When you, you know, listen to all these episodes, right? what you'll find over and over again is that all of our guests, as, as soon as COVID started or whenever any other challenge in their life started, they use that as an opportunity to grow. Meaning when COVID started, what was it like nine months, 10 months ago now, right? Yeah. Virtually every single guest on the show, whether they were an elite athlete or a writer or a musician or whatever else, they really actively use this time, like, just like you did, right? to become better because this is really the season to separate yourself from the rest of everybody else, right? That's just sitting around watching Netflix. And if you're practicing 10 hours a day, then as soon as all of this madness is over, you're going to go like skyrocket, right? Just through the roof. And I think that is such an important point here really also for all of our listeners to, to take away from this is that right now is the separation season, especially if we head into Christmas and it's time, this is of this lazy, the slow time of the year, right? This is really the time when you can separate yourself from other people, but more importantly, from your former self, right? From that's true. yesterday. I think that's so wow. beautiful. Beautifully put, Max. That was, that was great. <laughs> I, I like, like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I, th I think that's, that's so important. I really want to applaud you for that. Um, I really want to dive deep, you know, into, into this music thing. Do you feel like that has helped you really learn to deal with the pain also? Um, I mean, <laughs> huge fan of like this whole concept of like flow and really you know when you're getting in the zone you forget everything else so was that sort of part of this whole thing what attracted me most to guitar was that when i played it in the beginning uh it was like i, I discovered a voice i didn't know i had i was able to communicate all these different internal thoughts thoughts of like pain thoughts of joy i was able to sort of express it all through how i bent the strings how i played certain notes played certain notes yeah I said that right and um to this day that's one of the main driving forces of why I still play guitar because it gives me a voice that I don't think I I have when I speak I don't know if that makes sense yeah but, um, that's so interesting so, so what bit. are some of these these emotions right now that that you're trying to share um a lot of it is just like <laughs> um internal like I've been doing a lot of reflection as well writing a lot of poetry during this time. Um, I'm writing a lot, I'm, I'm playing a lot of just like how I feel on the inside. How, like sometimes like if I feel sad, uh, I write a sad song. I play like sad notes on my guitar. Um, if I feel happy, I bend my notes a certain way on the guitar. You know, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. Well, wow, so it really sounds like this allows you to really more fully express yourself and the way that you actually feel that maybe you can quite share with words. Exactly. Exactly. You, you hit the nail on the head. Wow. 
That's that's amazing. I think, especially during these times, right? And again, for our listeners, like whatever that thing is for you, because we all have something like that, right? For me, for example, it's running. That just gives me this this sense of complete freedom and connection to life and to how I feel, right? And so all of us have something, and I think the more you could connect to these things that truly give you like the sense of complete like being yourself, the happier you're going to be in life, and the more you're also going to be able to to deal with all the stresses and struggles and all that crazy stuff that's going on right now. So, so that's amazing. Um, to live passionately. Yes. Yes, exactly. So how does mixed martial arts then fit in there? I know you started from a very, very young age. (laughs) So you're getting like that yellow belt and like, (laughs) you're like (laughs) probably six or so. Exactly. Uh, my dad put me in kinder karate as a young child and that sort of skyrocketed everything else. Um, I went from karate to Muay Thai, to Muay Thai to Jiu Jitsu. And I've been, I started Jiu Jitsu when I was like, like nine or 10. Uh-huh. And I've um, been doing it ever since. It's, it's been a crazy ride, but mixed martial arts was my first passion. Uh, I'm very grateful for my dad who put me into that. And um, uh, that's where on the mat was when I was able to, to first find self-confidence who I was. It was essentially my first my first passion before the guitar, but um, that's how mixed martial arts plays a role in my life. It's been yeah. crazy, right? As well. I love it. Yeah. How do how do you think it helped you really build that confidence that you mentioned? Um. So, jujitsu. I'm not sure if you're aware. It's a it's a lot like grappling. I think of like wrestling. I did judo, but nothing else, unfortunately. All right. All right. So you sort of you sort of know it. So um, it's like on the mat. It's just it's like a chess game. It's a mental chess game. You know, it doesn't matter about like your age or like how strong you are. Well, sometimes it does, but mainly like not really. <laughs> uh, and it's all about how you like outmaneuver your opponent. And on the mat, I was able to, like you said, with running, how it gives you freedom. On the mat, I was able to experience freedom because I was just, I was playing all the technicalities in my head and putting it onto the mat. And it was, um, I wasn't labeled by my my kidney illness. I was labeled by just like Tyler, the the yellow belt, the green belt at the time, and um, it was great. It gave me a freedom I didn't know I had. Yeah, I bet I love that so much. So how's that this sort of identity evolved for you since then? You know, you mentioned you know Tyler, the kidney affiliate, and Tyler, the yellow belt, the green belt. Like, what is sort of this this version of Tyler today? Um. I don't know if it, I don't know if it makes sense, but it's like just Tyler now. Yeah. <laughs> Before it had all these other things attached to it. Uh, you know, Tyler the jujitsu kid, Tyler, Tyler the musician, or just like, you know, Tyler the kid who's chronically positive, but it's sort of just morphed. I've sort of just morphed all my worlds like together. And it's just like, yeah. it's, just, it's just Tyler now, you know, it's a, a lot of things unpacked, but we're keeping it short and sweet. Yeah, no, you know, I, I love this so much. I think this process of becoming more integrated of, of taking all of these different things and really bringing this into one person is really the journey that we're all on, right? I think of course. Um, from, from what it sounds like, it really, you started off, um, and I was the same way, which is why I can relate so much. It's really identifying based on like all this external stuff, right? Whether it's successes or failures or illnesses, and like we, we, we sort of say, hey, because of this, I'm good. Or because of this, I'm bad, right? And then mm-hmm. as you learn to sort of go more internal, you really decide who you are and not sort of what, what you are on the outside. Exactly. Is that, yeah? 
That was, again, beautifully put, Matt. Wow. Thank you. No, I think that is that's an incredible journey you've, you've been on. So I'd love to learn more about these five-step system they talk about to stay chronically positive. Um, of course. As I mentioned before, you know, for, for such a young person, it's such an incredible thing to, to think so deeply about this and then help other people sort of approach life in the, life in the, in the same way. So can you share these steps and how people can really start implementing in their lives? Of course. So um, the top three things that worked for me, I'm just going to go into the top three so I don't go like overboard, you know, yeah. and we're going to keep things at a pace. Uh, so the first one, uh, it's like a lot that we've already talked about, just live passionately, which is, um, you know, I had guitar at the time, mixed martial arts, like how you, how you had running. It's important that you find a passion and you get to live through it, you know, uh, reasons to get out of bed. I think it's important to have a driving force to keep yourself motivated. Because again, like you said, Max, I'm just gonna piggyback off you a lot. Um, a lot of people have Netflix at this time and they're just feeling very little motivation. I feel like living without a passion sucks a lot of joy out of life that you could be having. So it's important to find a passion and you know to just live passionately. Um, another one, uh, the second step. Uh, which we also already talked about is to surround yourself with family and friends, um, positive forces in your life. You are, you end up becoming a product of the people you surround yourself with. There's a simpler way of putting that. I forgot what it was, but, um, you know, if you surround yourself with negative forces, negative people, you're going to become a negative person, I think. So it's important that, you know, you keep a circle of friends that you trust, positive friends that can reinforce you positive actions from you, you know, you could change your mentality through them because you essentially become the people you hang, you hang around and um, stay informed, know what's, know what's going on with you, what's going on in the world. Uh, whenever I'd be prescribed a new medication, my dad would require me to research it so I'd, I would know it's being put in my body. And that's how I stay, stayed informed with my illness, the things that was going on with me. So I'm just always aware of what's happening internally. And, um, you know, those, those three specific steps, I think, are the most important right now for people. So we're going to keep it at that right now, just because I feel like a lot of people can use those steps right now in this time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, all three of them, so vitally important. I mean, friendships, relationships, anything is really, I mean, science has shown this for listeners, right? It's like the single best predictor for your long-term happiness. And so if you're hanging around people that just don't make you happy, you're not gonna fulfill your potential in terms of happiness and joy and laughter and love and all of that. And so I think that is so vitally important. It really seems like you've done a phenomenal job of finding the people in your life and really actively bringing them to it. And then, like we said before, like finding a passion, right? And, and just doing things that are fun, right? I think this is, this is really where it starts, finding things that like just where you, you forget your time, right? You forget about everything else and you're just in the moment where there's playing guitar, gardening, whatever. Is, is so important, so I absolutely love that. Exactly, exactly. Max, you're my perfect hype man. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Natalia, I'm, I'm super curious. You've, you've mentioned a couple of quotes. I know you're a very reflective guy. So do you have a favorite mantra or quote that you try to live your life by? Ooh, that's a hard one. That's oh, a yeah. hard one. Um, yeah, I've had a couple. I've had a couple throughout Throughout quarantine, I've had a couple different 
Um, at the moment, right now, it's a, a smooth sea didn't, it has not made a skilled sailor. A smooth sea has not made a skilled sailor, you know? So, like, a sailor has always had to deal with, you know, crazy waves and everything, and it makes them a stronger sailor in the end. So I'm thinking with all this adversity, I'm going to come out stronger, you know? Um, you learn from your mistakes. That's basically what that quote means for me. So, to, yeah. to simplify it. <laughs> yeah, that is so important, especially again during these times, right? Where like, you know, the, the sea definitely is not smooth for, for anybody. But the truth is that like after this, whenever this is over in a couple of months, hopefully, we're all going to become stronger because of it. We all mm -hmm. have a higher tolerance for stress, maybe for problems, for challenges, whether it's interpersonal or anything else in our lives. And we've all learned how to deal with all of these things. And I, I always look at this adversity as sort of a, a gym, right? It's a mental gym. COVID or, or maybe your, your illness, right? It's nothing else than a mental gym that allowed you to get stronger. And, mm -hmm. and so I absolutely love that quote. I think it's so important to, to always live by that. Do you have a mantra that you're going by throughout this time? I'm, I'm curious. Yes, yes. For me, it's, it's really carpe diem. Uh, it's, it sees the day, this, this Latin phrase, right? Because I like that. Um, I like that. We, for me, what I've realized, the most important thing is every single day, you've got you've to wake up, you've got to live as if it was the last day. Because the truth is, none of us are guaranteed another day, right? Um, especially with this COVID thing right now. But anything, right? A freaking bus could hit you, right? It could hit you or your loved ones. And so for me, what this really means is, is waking up every day and asking myself three questions. How can I grow the most? How can I serve the most? And how can I live the most? And, and really focusing on these three things, make sure that like, you know, if tomorrow I'm going to die, at least today I had a friggin' amazing last day. <laughs> That's, wow, again, Max, <laughs> Now I'm, I'm super curious. Um, what do you think, you know, I'm sure you, I know you're, you're around a lot of people, you study people a lot, you fret a lot. What do you think is the biggest thing that sort of holds people back from being chronically positive? Um, definitely themselves, I think. A lot of people are, are scared to, to try things that make them uncomfortable. That being said, the, they're scared to get out of their, their element. You know, they're scared of what other people will think. And um, I just wish people would try more. I wish people would would uh, would go into what makes them uncomfortable and embrace growing. You know, I feel like a lot of people are also reluctant to change, to, to change the flow up. But I feel like it's when you go against the flow that you grow more. So I wish people would try more. That's what I think, personally. Yeah. How have you learned to, to embrace sort of this authenticity? I mean, you talked before about really finding your own voice and music, but but finding your own voice and then sharing your own voice are oftentimes two very different things, right? So what does it allow exactly. you to, to make that step from finding a thing and then actually being able to share it without this fear of failure or fear of, you know, what will other people think of me? Um, just a lot of self-confidence, just believing that, believing in yourself. You know, when I was 16 and I released my first album, I was so scared putting it out because I don't know, teenagers are just really harsh. <laughs> so I was scared of, you know, putting my voice out for the first time, uh, releasing songs that meant a lot to me, meant a lot to me. And um, when I put it out, people, I, it was embraced with open arms. And I was like, oh, I went, I went out and did something that made me uncomfortable, but 
I grew a lot because I learned that people accept what I'm writing. And um, to this day, that's still a huge inspiration of mine because that's one of the first times I, I stepped out of my comfort bubble and I grew a lot from it. You know, it's led me to write my second album now, which I did during quarantine. Yeah. So I'm in the process of finishing that. Very exciting. And um, yeah, going against the norm. Yeah, I love that. Now, if you could give our listeners just one challenge to take away from today and really start applying today in their lives, what would be that one thing? Um, give me a second. I'm, I'm trying sure. to think of something like... <laughs> something um, deep and like life-changing. And <laughs> something, yeah. I, I guess the bar isn't that high, but um, think of something that... Uh, that makes you uncomfortable and um, take a step towards achieving it, you know? Yeah. Act, well, no, think of, <laughs> how about this? We're going to switch it up. Think of, oh, yeah. <laughs> think of a week, think of a weakness you have and work towards uh, making it one of your strengths. How about that? It's where I love that. And you're a prime uh, example of that. So exactly. It's uh, through my weaknesses that I've learned how to, have to just have become a stronger person because I've turned my weaknesses into my strengths. Love that. Now, before I ask my final question, where can listeners connect with you online? Where can they find you? Of course. So like I said, I have my second album coming out next year in February. It's called Ends Well. I'm very excited. Very excited. You can find me on Instagram at Soulful Playing. That's where I post my guitar videos. But if you want to see me day to day, just living my, my cool life as a university student, Tyler Ransom and uh, TylerRansom.com. We're going to be having merchandise because Max, my first single from the new album is coming out this week, which is very Way exciting. Way to go! Called Back To You. We have merchandise coming out. And um, TylerRansom.com, at Soulful Playing. There you go, Max. Uh, beautiful time. Perfect. We'll link to all of this. Now, finally, final question. What does it mean for you to max out your life? I think that means to embrace everything. Uh, you know, like how a video game, how you have different stats for like different characters, like stamina, health, energy. I think max out life, but you already know, it's like be like at a hundred percent for everything. And uh, it's definitely not something that you do overnight. It's something that, that you do day to day, but to max out your life, I think is to embrace all your challenges and to just grow as much as you can and change as many people as you can.